In a League of Their Own podcast is brought to you by Smooth My Balls. Are you sick of snagging your nuts or cutting yourself with a generic Bic razor or generic clipper? Well, now you don't have to worry. Smooth My Balls offers a five-star below-the-belt care for men, starting with the Turf Chopper 3.0, the next-level razor that provides a very smooth and clean finish with no cuts on your sack. And coming in for the closer, you got the Pube Muncher 1.0, a compact mini vac that cleans up the job with no hair left behind. Head over to smoothmyballs.com today and use code league at checkout for 15% off your top of the line men's grooming kit. Again, that's league L E A G U E for 15% off smooth. My balls shave like a pro. Rep Sports. Rep Sports is a leading supplements and nutrition company that provides everything from pre-workout and protein to recovery supplements. If you're looking for a healthy pick-me-up, Rep also offers Raise Energy, a zero-sugar drink that helps with workout, with workout and recovery uh, mental focus as well. Head over to repsports.com today and use code LEAGUE for 15% off your order. That's L-E-A-G-U-E for 15% off. Golf kicks. Tired of wearing the same old pair of boring golf shoes? Not the most comfortable? Now you don't have to worry. Customize all types of shoes from Crocs to flip-flops, sneakers to boat shoes, and wear them in style while you rip it up on the course. Head over to golfkicks.com and use code OWN20 at checkout to get a 20% discount on your order. That's O-W-N-20. Screw your shoes. Dreamer loot. Want to rep the best up-and-coming sports podcast? Of course you do. Head over to streamerloot.co today and check out our first line of, of merch. We have t-shirts, sweatshirts, mugs, and stickers. Again, that is streamerloot.co to check out our merch. Hey, everybody. It's Monday, June 28th, 2021. Tampa Bay and Montreal kickoff game one tonight in the Stanley Cup Finals. And the Bucks take a 2-1 to one series lead as Trey Young is questionable to play in game four. There goes that man's jock shot. <laughs> oh my God, did you see that? <laughs> America's team? Yeah, right. Oh, baby, it's a big day in sports. There's nothing like battling it out with your teammates all season long to go win a championship. Green Bay's got it this year. Huge move for him. I think it's going to be a game changer. We have a lot to talk about this busy week in the sports world. Welcome to the In a League of Their Own podcast. All right, again, everybody, welcome to the show. Um, as we talked about on Friday, there was a lot of uh, fun sports to watch this weekend. Uh, again, hockey is all, all finalized. There wasn't really any hockey this weekend, uh, mostly just basketball to watch. But um, started things off again in the NFL. Um, I only have one thing to mention. Um, it might be the same thing you have to mention, too, is that uh, Demarius Thomas is retiring as a Bronco. Uh, it looks like he announced that today. Uh, four-time Pro Bowl receiver. Um, he, I can't remember where he, at, where did he end up for the last stint of his career? It wasn't. I know he was with the Saints. He was with the Saints for a bit, and then he got hurt. I don't. Um, that's a gr- really good question. Because yeah, he was on. He the- bounced all over there at the end. Yeah, spent okay. So wasn't he spent, with Baltimore too for a bit. Yeah, I'm trying to pull it, or I'm looking right now to see where 
For some reason, what I feel like he was in uh, Houston at one point too, wasn't he? He could have been. He he really could have been. Um. Yeah, I'm not seeing anywhere where it gives like a list of oh, this is how many se- seasons he spent with this player that or that team, this team. Um. Yeah, I mean, he's mostly known for his time in Denver anyway. Um, I believe he got a ring when uh, I, I think he was there when they won it, won Super Bowl 50. Um, but yeah, again, not a whole lot going on for the NFL. Basically, the big thing to mention today is just him retiring, uh, 33 years old, so still young enough to um, obviously enjoy the rest of his career or rest of his life without being too banged up. But at the same time, 33, um, he's been around for a while. So. Yeah, he has. And then uh, one thing that I have on the NFL also is this whole uh, tight end university thing that's going on. I think that's really awesome for the position and kind of all the players coming together and really showing how valuable to the league that this position really is as they pretty much are offensive linemen who go out there and catch balls and catch touchdowns. They've got to be able to run, you know, and move like that too. So I think it's really awesome what Kittle and those guys are, are doing. And I feel like they're really paving the way for this position to either potentially get a huge increase in pay because people start to value this position a lot more or you're going to start to see a lot of these younger guys all become a part of this like university and the tight end position. There's going to be great tight ends, you know, across the board where right now there's really a handful that like stand out where it's going to, it could get to the point where they're all super, super good. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's cool that, that they, again, are doing this kind of recruitment, well, not recruitment camp, this just this camp to get all those guys together um to again shine some light on the tight end position it's kind of been one of those ones that's highly utilized again being in like basically an offensive lineman and then for a lot of teams they don't have a fullback on the roster anymore they'll just have a tight end play the fullback position so not only are you blocking dns you're um being a fullback to where you might have to run 20, 30, 40 yards all the way to the end zone with this guy as a lead blocker too. So again, the tight end position is one of those ones that, again, it seems like every year they add more and more to their plate. And again, Kyle Pitts coming out of the draft is another one of those guys that's taken that step up yet again, saying kind of meshing that point between being a receiver and a tight end to where for years it's really been cut and dry. No, this is a receiver. No, this is a tight end to where you're going to start to see a lot more guys um, kind of opting for that tight end position because it might get them more money in the future to where they can use that as leverage to say, Hey, I wear multiple hats. A receiver is just out there running routes. I'm running routes. I'm, blocking on the end i'm a fullback sometimes i'm on special teams like they wear all these different hats to where i wouldn't be surprised if a handful of years from now tight ends start to get paid higher than receivers do so long as the nfl keeps trending the way it does yeah absolutely and especially you know with this whole hit from covid that that happened um with the salary cap going up no one really knows how much that's going to go up I guess we'll really get to see when the time comes how valuable they really do value this position of being a tight end. For sure. Um, 
I'm just taking a quick look here, make sure there's nothing else to throw out there today. Um, yeah, I don't know if you had anything else to throw out there about the NFL. Again, we're kind of at that that uh, lull of the season where there's not a lot going on. Yeah, no, I really don't have anything uh, more on the NFL, but I do have a segment here. Um, bringing back the Erno segment here for you, which is uh, related to football this week. So um, we're going to do that right here away. The, this one is NFL Super Bowl winners, Ernol. Oh, okay. boy. I have six guys here for you. So first one, Chris Carter. Chris Carter, no. Correct. Randy Moss. Yeah, but the Patriots. Nope. No? He did not. He did not. When was he on – or what years was he on the Patriots? He was on the Patriots when – let's take a look here. <clears throat> so my initial reaction was, yeah, he was on that Patriots team when they won one, but there was a couple-year period in there where – He played in two. Uh, they lost to the Eagles. No. Who do, who else did they lose to? No. The Giants. Because he, he played he played in two Super Bowls, one for the Patriots and one for the 49ers. He played for the 49ers with Kaepernick when the Bears won. Or no, when the Colts won. No, well, the Bears won, right? Well, if he was playing for the 49ers, it would have been... With, he was on the team with Kaepernick. Uh, Baltimore. Baltimore. So that's the one that he lost, <clears throat> and then one with the Patriots that, the, that they lost. It could have been Eli. Yeah, it could have been Eli or yeah, it had to, it had to have been Eli. He because he was the only one that <clears throat> aside from early <clears throat> in Brady's career, Eli was the only one because Brady's been to ten Super Bowls, right? And he's won seven. I think nine and seven. Seven. I think he's seven for nine. So yeah, then Eli is the only one who's beat him twice in the Super Bowl. No, then it has to be 10 because he, he they lost to the Eagles. Oh, yeah, that's right. So, yeah, so seven for 10 then. Yeah. Yeah, so it had to have been either, what would that have been, 2008 or 2009 when the well, – I, I think it was 11 because I was at the game at Lambeau when the Giants beat the Packers. Oh, and Favre, when they, and Favre threw a pick six on like one of the last plays. That was 2008. The, 2008 was the last season Favre played for the Packers. So that's when that was then. Okay. All right. Sounds good. Yeah, a little off topic. But yeah, I was just trying to figure out the math of like the years of when Randy Moss was there. Yeah, but, surprising surprising that he didn't win one as he's one of the greatest type wide receivers to ever play the game. Yeah. And it's kind of a cool quote for him. He goes, as much as I would have loved to have a Super Bowl ring, he goes, I was never chasing one. <laughs> he was just catching balls. So Yeah. Um, Sean Alexander. I'm trying to remember if Fuck. I want to say no. He did win one. He did win one. Okay. Yep. That would have been 
Oh, like 2002, 2003. Uh, I'm trying. XL. Um, 2006. They beat. What? Hold on. Some reason I thought that they had lost every or the. the one or two Super Bowls leading up to when they won it in was that fourteen? Oh, just you? kidding, dude. You're right. You're at. You're right. You're right. You're right. You're right for Sean Alexander. Fucking top top link that I clicked on was false. So oh. whoever paid to put that on top is fucking an asshole. <laughs> no, they lost. Uh, he made it to the Super Bowl, um, but they lost to the Pittsburgh Steelers. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I was gonna say because I never. I was just like trying to tap back into those memories. Like I don't ever remember like Hasselbeck winning a Super Bowl. Is he another one? Has Hasselbeck ever won a Super Bowl? If he did, it would have been early in his career. But I don't know. I'm assuming not. I mean, obviously, Sean Alexander was there for a shorter stint than Hasselbeck was, but. Hold on a second. <clears throat> okay. Yeah, dude. The internet is getting ridiculous these days <laughs> searching for things. But, yep, you got that one right. Okay. OJ Simpson. OJ Simpson. I feel like he was. Yes. He did not, unfortunately. Champ Bailey. Which I remember if he was there when Broncos won at 97 or 98. I'm going to say, yeah. No? Unfortunately, no. They say he's one of the greatest cornerbacks to never win what, the Super Bowl. He must have uh, – yeah, 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 never mind. He went to bed in the league when they won it because it was, it was Packers-Broncos back-to-back years, wasn't it? Or a year in between, I want to say. I can hear you. Oh, you cut out for it, cut out for a second. Oh, your mouth was moving and I couldn't hear you for a second. Oh, okay. Oh, it just popped up and it's saying my internet connection is unstable. Oh, whatever that means. So. <laughs> But yeah, no. Um, Carolina, when they beat the Broncos in the Super Bowl, they released him the summer before Peyton came, and they won. So oh. if they would have won a Super Bowl. But yeah, they let him go. Okay. And then the last one on the list is Jerry Rice. I feel like I want to say yes, but I think it's a trick. Yeah, he had. Uh, yeah. Yeah. 
He has multiple. What do you have multiple? I, be- I believe he's got a couple here. Let yeah. Me I feel like he's got like two or three. I, th- I think maybe four. Because, yeah, he was there when the Niners basically went on their run there for like four or five years or whatever. Yeah, he played in four Super Bowl and he has three rings. Okay. Yeah. I'm trying to think who else I was thinking of. Maybe it's not Jerry Rice. I was thinking of another like Hall of Fame. Oh, it's probably Chris Carter. Yeah, it was Chris Carter, the first one you said. He was the one that it was like, like you want to say yes, like you think he's won a Super Bowl, but Vikings. He, hasn't. he was on the Vikings. Yeah. <laughs> they didn't never want a Super no. Bowl. And then um I was gonna put Deion Sanders in there, but I feel like I was going to throw some like old Cowboys like Emmett Smith, but then they were all on that Super Bowl team, which is like the iconic Super Bowl team. So yeah, yeah. early nineties. Yeah. But yeah, that's all I got for the Ernol <laughs> segment for today. Yeah, those are hard. Cause it's just, it's what it's iconic names that you're like, Oh, you just want to say yes to all of them. <laughs> There's so but... many good. That just goes to show how many great players are in the NFL and how rare, how little actually win a Super Bowl. Yeah. And there's Tom Brady, who's seven of them. Yeah, he's one. Said he and said he'd trade two of them for a perfect season. Well, when you got that many, why not? <laughs> but yeah, so then next week it's your turn for the renewal. Yeah, I'll come up with something for you for next week. I'll see what I can find. Well, we did the football the last two weeks. Maybe I'll. I was originally I was going to do, um. I was originally going to do golf and I was going to do master's champion or no, but I feel like that'd be too hard. Yeah. There's only like three names, three or four that I'd be like, yeah, they've won a master's. <clears throat> yeah. Um, wrapping up football. Then there we'll jump over to the NBA here again. Um, on Friday, it was a little scary because last Thursday, Bucks or the Hawks took game one. So over the weekend, it was basically going to be a make or break thing for the Bucks, and they showed up. They won by like close to 30, like 30, 35 points on uh, Friday to basically blow, blow out the Hawks. They shut down Trey Young finally. And then last night was a really good game. Um, Pretty much until the last like five minutes when the Bucks went on went on a run. Yeah, um, they closed the game twenty-seven to four. Mm-hmm. And Middleton outscored the entire Hawks team twenty to seventeen for the entire fourth quarter. Mm-hmm. Uh, hit hit three back to back to back three pointers um, with a couple minutes left to give him that edge and um, a, another edge that looks like it's going the Bucks way is Trey Young. Um, with like 24 seconds left in the third quarter, um, I think was came down on a three pointer, took a couple steps back, and stepped on a on a ref's foot and twisted his ankle. And now it looks like he is questionable uh, for Game Four tomorrow night. So um, obviously, if he goes down, Bucks in five. Um, he, he he's basically he's basically he's like Durant. He was like he Durant makes, was. He makes their team go. Yeah, so where if when Durant was scoring 49 points, the Bucks the struggled. Yeah. And Trey Young, same thing. Trey Young dropped 48 and the the Hawks took game one. 
now they finally got they figured out Trey Young game two and three. Don't get me wrong, he had his points. He had his 35 foot three pointers he was dropping, his floaters that he was he's an unreal basketball player. But um games two and three, the Bucks found a way to suppress him enough. Um another one last night that I would um we talked about um after the game was Bogdanovich, how he stepped up because in games one and two. Was that a knee injury Andy he's been fighting? The last two games of the last series. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he he has like some strain. I think it's an ACL strain. Something in his knee where it comes and goes with how like bad it hurts. So one potentially one wrong move on it could put him back on the bench resting, you know, for a couple games. But at this point in the season, you're this late into it. They're yeah. I, he's playing no matter what. Oh yeah, if you treat much something you and you're out, point. you got six like, months to get healthy. It's like Kawhi. It's really interesting to see what's going to happen now as the Clippers got the two one <laughs> series lead on the Suns. Um, it's really interesting to see. The Suns have a three one lead over the Clippers. Oh, do they? Yeah. What the fuck? The Bucks have a two one lead. Oh, I confused that. That's my bad. Yeah, no. Bad everyone. Suns Suns can close out the series tonight uh with a win in uh which is back in Phoenix too. Yeah, so. okay. Yeah, so that's over. But like um so they're going to be facing the Bucks in in the finals. Um like you you mentioned with Trey Young, he makes the team go like Durant makes the Nets go like Booker makes the Suns go like Middleton really makes the Bucks go. Um, Giannis, he does his thing every game. It's Middleton where if he's on everybody else, it seems like is on and, and mm-hmm. playing really well. So those are the guys to really watch as we get here into the finals. And yeah, it's, if I had to put money on it, I'm Trey's going to play. Um, but early reports are saying he might sit out game four so that he could potentially get back to almost hundred percent for five, six, seven. So it'll be interesting if he, to see what happens. If he does play tomorrow night, I could see it being like a James Harden to where he's on the floor, but not, not doing shooting threes. Yeah. Not doing what he should be doing, being a little step behind. Decoy. Yeah. And an interesting take that I, I saw um, Kendrick Perkins say about uh, Giannis and Middleton. He said that right now, Middleton is Batman and Giannis is Robin. Do you agree? Do you agree with that statement? Yeah, that's like what I just said with how Middleton really makes the Bucks go. Giannis is reliable and he's the sidekick, but yeah, Middleton's Batman. He's the guy where if he's on, we win. If he's not, Robin's got to do something ex, you know, spectacular, which is above what he normally does, and that's you know that's kind of where the Bucks have been ever since you know for like three years now. It's kind of been that way. Giannis has kind of done his thing every single year. He's re- he's a great talent. He's one of the superstars in the NBA, and he shows that all the time. But Middleton is the guy. He's he's the guy. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, I at first I was like, no, like Middle Middleton, Middleton's definitely the Robin to Giannis's Batman. A lot yeah. of people like to think it it is that way, but taking a step back and really looking at it, Middleton really makes everything go. Mm-hmm. 
well because he's he's all well he does everything he does everything mm -hmm. he's i mean yeah yeah he's a more well-rounded player mostly because he's a better three-point shooter and a better free thrower and he rebounds he's really good he gets steals mm -hmm. he, he's a very very good player and you could tell when the game gets tight at the end he wants the ball in his hand where Giannis is dishing it yeah the only the, the only two categories i give up on Giannis is obviously him in the paint and blocks but those are the two where Giannis obviously size. yeah because <laughs> of his size but but yeah i mean no matter what way you look at it, whether you want to call one Batman, the other Robin, or vice versa, they're winning basketball games, and who cares? So, um, but yeah, it was just an interesting take, and I mean, um, even like I kind of like with uh, they keep calling him Money Middleton, and every time he scores a basket, they got the money, 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 money over the speakers and in five serves. So. Um, I don't know if that's just been during the playoffs. I haven't noticed that during the regular season. I think that's a little thing that they started doing. But, um, I mean, Middleton's one of those guys. He just seems like – he kind of reminds me of uh, – with the media, like Marshawn Lynch. He's just like, I'm just here to play ball. Like, he doesn't, like – And, you, and you've never head. heard him – and you've never heard him bitching about money or nothing. No, no. He just loves the game. He shows up every night. Um, he never really has a bad night. He just has – his average is like his 20 to 25. Like, his yeah. bad night's like 15, 18 points. Yeah. And that's still a good night. <laughs> and usually, and usually if he's doing that, Giannis is close to 50. So you don't really, it's not like they're losing the game and it's like, oh, what happened to Middleton? It's, oh, Giannis scored 50. And that, like, so again, when you're one of the last four teams left in any sport, you got to be playing a, all around as a team. Um, and again, going back to the Nets, how, kind of karma came back to bite him in the ass with questionably taking too much time off, not playing all around team ball. When you have three superstars who want the ball in their hands to be taking that game winning shot and all three of them don't really play good defense. I mean, it was bound to happen eventually where they ran into a well-rounded defensive team that shut them down or at least shut yeah. Kevin Durant down. But yeah. And as Stephen A. Smith said, <clears throat> for the longest time about the Bucks is they win games where they make, where they make the other team miss when, when we're playing defense and getting our hands up and not letting teams shoot for free will, we win Bucks win almost every single game where we're actually playing good defense. So as long as we don't get lackadaisical being up two to one, uh, we could really step on their throat here and bang, bang, get her done here in five. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if, so long as they can win win game four again, especially if either Trey Young is not back to one hundred percent. If he's not on the floor, floor at all, they gotta basically ha do what they get did in in game two and win by thirty. Otherwise, they're leaving the door open for the Hawks to, oh, we only lost by seven without Trey. Like we we can do this. We can do this. You don't want to you don't want to give them that hope whatsoever because even though Milwaukee does have home court advantage if somehow the series lasts till game six, the, if the Hawks stay alive to game six, where it goes back to Atlanta, that could be a huge turning point going. Cause Hawk, the Hawks already still one game in Milwaukee, so they can do it again. It's, it's, it's more than possible. So um, yeah, the Bucks basically got to win the series in five. Cause if it goes to six back in Atlanta and young is back on the floor and they get some momentum, I mean, 
you don't want you hope it doesn't go to a game seven, although the Bucs obviously took care took care of the Nets in seven. But at the same time, the Suns are gonna take take care of the series tonight. Teams. So the longer you give Suns rest, um, and you drain yourselves out going five, six, seven game series, um, it's gonna tire you out and come NBA finals, uh, which they'd be on the road there too. I'm pretty sure the Suns would have home court advantage in the, in the finals as well. So, yeah. And as far as the Bucks, even with this news about Trey young being hurt or whatever, that could all be bullshit too, just to try to get the Bucks to take it light on him or something like that. And he just pops off his neck. So who knows really what is the actually going on, but as far as the Bucks case, do exactly what you did last game and play tough defense and because the Atlanta team, you never know what, you know, you never know how they're going to shoot. If they come out shooting lights out, they could run away with the game just as well as we did in game two. Um, mm-hmm. They're a very good three point shooting team. They have like three guys that are very, very, very good at it and they can do it from really deep too. So that's the one advantage that they do have. And that is why they've gotten this far is their shooting has gotten them this far. And when you play a, you know, one of the best defensive teams in the NBA and the Milwaukee Bucks, who they really take pride in their defense versus one of the top, you know, we shut down the top scoring offense during the regular season. They didn't really, they weren't really that in the playoffs. If anything, Atlanta, I feel like was one of the, the better scoring teams in the playoffs. Um, we got, you know, they're here for a reason and with or without Trey Young, they're still going to come out and, and battle just as hard. So don't take them lightly. Otherwise, I would hate to see them have the series slip away by pissing a game away a game or two. And because that's all it takes at this point is one team to get momentum and to carry that all the way through the end. And it, it kind of seems like the Bucks stole all the momentum after game two. Mm-hmm. Um, with the comeback, especially being able to come back after we were down like 15 or 18 points, whatever it was. Yeah, early. I think it was 20, 20 to two. Yeah, I think, it was 18 po- I think it was 18 points. Yeah. Yeah. But the, being able to will and come back and then win by what did we end up winning by? Last night. Um, Let me check. It was it was by enough. Um. 113 to 102, so 11. So, yeah, to be down by 18 early in the game and then to win by 11 at the end there, we have the momentum and just don't let it get out of – don't let it slip out of our hands right now in this series because Phoenix is going to be well-rested and they're going to be ready to go, so. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then sw- switching over to qu- wrap up that other series then um, – Again, kind of like how you're saying with Trey Young being out, who knows how they're addressing that and playing it. It could be, be just a diversion to kind of get the Bucks to get out their game plan. Ka- Kawhi, obviously being a two-time NBA Finals MVP, um, him, him sitting there watching what's going on, does he throw on the shoes tonight? There hasn't been any talks of it, but – I don't know how you sit in the stands and just watch it happen. Cause I mean, it's uh, Tyron Lou last or either yesterday or two days ago said um, 
yeah, we're down 3-1, but they won four games in a row against the Jazz because they were down, I believe, 2-1 to one in that series as well. And they went on to win four in a row to take out the number one team in the West. Well, the number one team in the entire NBA for the year. Um, obviously, I think the Suns are a, better than the Jazz, so that it's a taller task. But, I mean, I guess it depends on how bad is an organization you want, or even as a player, because obviously – it's but ultimately the, the player's worth, decision. Is the risk versus the worth worth the reward though? Like I feel like in his case, depending what it is, because they still have not said or disclosed anything. Who knows? He could already had a surgery already, and he could be rehabbing. Mm-hmm. No one really knows um, what's going on with him, and he doesn't. You know, he doesn't really talk to the media or anything. So I feel like no one's really going to know what happened or what what happened until this whole. The Clippers are out. Obviously, I don't think they're going to say anything. But, like, at the same time, yeah, like you said, you'd think that being an athlete and somebody who wants to win, if you can be out there and play, you would like to. But if you're going to hurt yourself worse, where you're going to potentially end up missing more time or potentially have something change your game to where somebody becomes better than you and then takes your spot, you wouldn't want to risk that. So, yeah, I can understand if it's something serious where, hey, I, I'm not pushing this because I could wreck my, this could be a career ender or if it's a little bump and bruise and he's, ah, oh, I don't want, I don't think that's Kawhi. I think he plays. No. He seems like he's a pretty tough dude, honestly. Yeah. And if, if he could play, I, I, there's no doubt that he'd be out there on the floor. Yeah. Especially yeah, I mean, in the playoffs. Dude. Think, like, yeah. <laughs> it, it has to be something serious. Cause think about it again, going back to James Harden playing with a strained hamstring. Wasn't very productive, but he was still out there. Bogdanovich, um, his knee injury, whatever's going on with that. He's he was out there fighting through it and he looked really good last night. Trey Young, ankle injury. Who knows what's gonna happen with him? But if he they has said bone bruise this, this much of a this much of a chance to be out there, he's gonna be out there, even if he's playing limited minutes or not getting as many looks. So again, I think I think you put Kawhi Leonard above all three of those names I just mentioned as far as the caliber of player that he is over Harden, Young, and Bogdanovich. Um, oh, yeah. He's yeah. one of the best defensive players in the game. Mm-hmm. And when he wants to turn on the switch, he can on the offensive side. Yeah. So, I don't know. It'll be interesting. It'll definitely come out of left field as, again, there has been zero talks about what the injury is and what the timetable is for him to come back. Um, but, again, it's an elimination game tonight. So, if he's not back tonight, it's – probably the end of the Clippers season um, unless Paul George can show up and make some free throws late in the game for once. But um, yeah, that's kind of it for the NBA. Again, winding down the season here, NBA finals are going to be going on uh, next week. Um, Maybe even starting Saturday, Sunday, depending on how these series finish up. So, so yeah, um, jumping over here to the MLB then. Um, the Brewers uh, gave Milwaukee a uh, undefeated weekend, as they say. Bucks won two and went two and zero, oh, and the Brewers got the weekend sweep. So, uh, if you're a Milwaukee fan, uh, you didn't see an L all weekend. So, um, they hold a three-game lead over the Cubs right now, and those two teams collide for a series starting tonight. Uh, the Cubs can make up some ground again with the MLB. It's half. 
half a game for every game. So technically the Brewers have really a six game lead over the Cubs. So either the Cubs can make some ground and move it to a one and a half game deficit, or the Brewers can stretch out to a four and a half game lead. So, um, but again, that's if one team sweeps, they could obviously split or whatever it might be, but yeah, this is a, this is a big series for both teams really where the Brewers can kind of run away with it going into the all-star break uh, just around the corner to where they usually fall apart after the year. Um, they've been playing good baseball, getting sweeps, uh, winning series 2-1, 3-1. Um, yeah, really liking how the Brewers look right now. Um, with the MLB and how they've been uh, cracking down on foreign substances for pitchers, the first one gets the can. Uh, Seattle Mariners pitcher Hector Santiago Uh got ejected yesterday using foreign substances. Um, he was adamant that he was using rosin and that it wasn't anything illegal. So they're going to be looking into it, but he did get the boot yesterday. Um, and obviously they'll probably be looking into it as what was it? A 10 game suspension. I think, I think, yeah, it was like 10 or 12 with pay. <laughs> mm-hmm. So we'll see, we'll see, I guess how much this keeps snowballing until something happens. Um, but yeah, uh, Bryce Harper to sit out again. He took a pitch to the calf yesterday, so he is out today against the Mets. Josh Naylor of the Cleveland Indians is going to need surgery after breaking his ankle, colliding with a teammate. And Pirates pitcher Max Kronick, uh made his MLB debut yesterday, pitching uh, five perfect innings before an hour rain delay forced him out of the game. Um, I don't know how that works exactly with how... Um, if he if there's a delay, you have to go to the bullpen, or if he just got cold and couldn't get warmed back up to go back out there. But nonetheless, in his MLB debut, he was um, halfway to uh, a no hitter, or I shouldn't say no hitter, a perfect game, let alone because I then hadn't let anybody on base through five innings, I believe. So, um, but still, the guy's I think 23 years old. So obviously, if that's your MLB de- uh, debut. You got a, a long, um, prosperous career. And being on a team like the Pirates, they need a guy like that right now. Yeah, that's all I got for the MLB. All right, so then jumping over to hockey here, um, some news here. The Seattle Kraken, which is the new uh, team coming this next season, they are going to be sharing their AHL team with the Florida Panthers for this next season, which means – both teams will be able to have their players on the AHL team and both teams will have rights to be able to call up those players at any time. So they're basically sharing the same farm farm team, basically, um, which is pretty cool to see. I believe that is uh, Vegas, I think, shared theirs with the Phoenix Coyotes or the Arizona Coyotes um, their first season. So that's just what usually happens the first season until they get their feet underneath them and then can pick out a city where they're going to put their farm team and all that. So shout out to them for doing that. That's pretty cool. Um, Montreal Canadians forward, Joel Armia, who's on the fourth line news came out that on Friday, I believe that was um, that he was having to go under COVID protocols and he wasn't going to be able to be available until at least game three. Turns out he has passed two positive COVID tests or like he's doesn't have COVID. He's passed two tests 
and he will be taking his own private jet from Montreal down to Tampa. He will be joining the team this afternoon. I think he flown in at one o'clock. He was going to be trying to make the morning skate for today. Um, their interim coach, um, Richardson, because of their head coach, who's also out until game three, he's got to serve the whole 14 day quarantine. Um, he said he's not sure who is going to be in the lineup as Jake Evans returns, the guy who got absolutely murdered when he put in the empty net goal against Winnipeg Jets. Um, he makes his return into the lineup. Um, the coach said because Armia is now available to play, he's unsure of who's going to get that slot. But if it were me, you stick an Armia in there. You've, he's been playing there um, ever since Evans been out, and they've looked phenomenal. Um, don't change, you know, why would you change something that's working? Um, that just doesn't make any sense to me. So yeah, that's what's happening with that. Um, we have some sad news here as um, we'd like to say condolences to David Pasternak, um, Boston Brewers star forward. His newborn son had passed away um, shortly after birth. So condolences to you guys and your family and everybody in the Bruins organization that knows you and stuff like that. So we hope everything works out there. Um, also some pretty crazy news, Vegas defenseman, Alec Martinez um, reveals he played postseason with the Vegas golden Knights on a broken foot. Um, it was broken in two different spots. He ended up leading the whole entire postseason, he still has the lead in block shots with 79. He averaged 23 minutes of ice time over the course of the, the playoffs. So impressive. And shout out to you for being able to push through that and play um, and lay everything on the line for the cup. Um, I know you're a multiple time Stanley Cup champion as you scored the game winning goal for the Kings in their last cup. So, uh, I mean, you've had an amazing career, so hopefully you heal up from this one and continue to play. Um, I don't know what his contract is looking like with Vegas, but uh, if they can keep that team together, they've been right on that hump every single year since they've been a team in the league. So you think one of these years that maybe maybe they're going to get over that hump and win their first Stanley Cup. I think they would be one of the only – I think they would be the only franchise to win a Stanley Cup within, like, the first 10 years of existence. Um, so that'd be pretty cool. Then um, some pretty cool news, actually. I've, I've, I think this is really awesome. So the Hockey Hall of Fame has came out, well, the NHL, I should say, came out and said that they'd really like to pay back and do something for all the hockey fans. And so what they're doing is they're opening up a Twitter contest right now the top 52 tweets coming in up and the question is, Oh, let me find it. What it would mean for their team to win the Stanley cup. Like what it would mean for your team to win the Stanley cup. And the top 52 answers are going to be engraved on a silver plate and placed into the hall of fame for forever. So I think that's really cool. Um, Obviously, all of the teams are going to be represented, I believe, and then obviously they're going to pick the other ones after that. But I think that's awesome that they're paying it back to the fans to where the fans can actually become a part of the Hall of Fame, where they can actually 
take their kids and say, Hey, I'm in, I'm in the hockey hall. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like that's a really big way to get a lot more people involved and especially if they continue to do stuff like this, the NHL gives back a lot, um, including their build a rink, the, how they stick. There's three winners that win and they pump a whole bunch of money into arenas all over the country and basically rebuild them. They play an NHL preseason game there and kind of, I don't know, I guess maintain keeping hockey going here in the United States as it's kind of on an upswing within the last few years. So that, I just want to th- say that that's awesome. I think that that's so cool that, that the NHL is doing that. Um, I don't know. I just, it's one of a kind thing. I don't think any other sports ever done something like that. Um, so that's awesome. And then, yeah, getting to the biggest point here. Cole Caulfield and the Montreal Canadiens take on Nikita Kucherov and the Tampa Bay Lightning here tonight. Seven o'clock, the puck drops. Game one, Stanley Cup Finals. Um, personally, I think this is the greatest. This is the greatest series that you'll ever see in any sports. Like uh, this is personally just the greatest. Um, you're gonna see every like everything left out there that humans can possibly do. Um, it's going to be, yeah, it's going to be a hell of a series. And I'm going to give a pick right now. Um, I'm going to take Montreal in five games. I think that they, they, if they can continue to do what they do and shut down Tampa Bay, I think that they can keep them at bay. Um, what, who do you think is going to win, Colin? Actually, I'm going to, change that. I'm going to say six because Tampa is really good at home. So I think that they might win tonight. But who knows? Like, I mean, I just be obviously being a, a fan of the kind of Cinderella story of the Canadians, and again the and the improbable odds of him them getting this far, just for the sheer fact of in a regular structured NHL playoffs, they wouldn't they'd be sitting at home on the couch watching it right now. They wouldn't have even made the first round. Um, so obviously, again, being a Cole, Cole Caulfield fan. Um, I mean, I, w- I don't know. I'm, re- I'm going to say Tampa in seven. J- just because I feel like, yeah, Montreal is a gritty team. You're going to see two completely different styles of hockey. Tampa. Offense first defense. T- Tampa is going to go up and down up and down the ice as fast as they can, and Montreal is going to try to slow them down, kind of like what the Islanders tried to do. Um, and, again, they made it to a game seven, but I think it's going to be almost uh, – picture for word for word what happened with the Islanders um the speed just got to them and they got gas in game seven um and again that ended up being just a one zero game and I think that's how this whole the whole the entire Stanley Cup finals is going to be you're going to see one zero two one three two kind of games I don't really see anything probably more than three three goals being scored in for one team in any any one of these games so it's gonna be a really good series to watch again I hope my I, I like my my heart says uh, Montreal, but my head says Tampa and seven. Yeah, the only difference so – that was a really good comparison that you had with Montreal kind of being like the Islanders. The only difference really there is goaltending. Carey Price is one of the best in the world. And New York's goalies, they've kind of – they've had their moments of weakness and struggled at some point where – Carey Price, he's he's been unbelievable his whole entire career. Um, he's been one of the best goalies in the game. So 
that's where this series gets really interesting because both goalies, finally, this is the first series where Tampa's playing a team with a goalie as good of a goalie that they have because Vasilevsky is unbelievable. I think he's going to win goalie of the year again this year. Um, he's, I mean, he's incredible. He got their team to the postseason without their captain and without their leading point scorer basically for the whole season. And they still were, I think they were the number one seed <laughs> without, <laughs> without them. So, I mean, to be able to get that far and then, I mean, yeah, it's, you ain't going to see no eight zero game this series. <laughs> no, I, yeah, two, I guess two names to throw, to throw out there to kind of keep an eye on, I guess, for anybody who is not, I guess, huge hockey fans that are going to be kind of two people to keep an eye on. Braden Point and Carey Price. Basically, who's who's going to crack? Is Carey Price going to finally fall apart, or is or is Braden Point going to get shut down? Is kind of the, the two people I guess I'm going to be watching. And yeah, that's a good thing. And another main thing here for the people who know who know a little bit more here, the power play Tampa's power play versus Montreal's penalty kill. That is going to be Tampa's power play is unbelievable. Montreal's penalty killing is unbelievable. Tampa's gotten by in the – I think they've scored like 20 straight power play goals, something like that. Their top five uh, – their top power play is the top five leading point scorers in the playoffs. So they're putting the puck in the net. Their power play is amazing to watch. They, It's so fun to watch their power play for how they move the puck and how skillful that team is. This is – Another thing, like going back to kind of like how the Islanders matched up with Tampa, Montreal has, like, yeah, the Islanders had four lines, but Montreal's all four lines are producing where the Islanders, one of their lines went cold almost every game where one line basically disappeared, did score, didn't do nothing good where I haven't seen that out of Montreal yet. And Tampa, obviously I haven't seen that out of one of their lines yet as well either. And this is kind of the NHL royalty in Montreal is basically original six kind of, this is obviously Toronto's the hockey Mecca, but like Montreal is considered like the hockey royalty versus the new coming Tampa Bay, you know, hockey Bay, which they've kind of taken over and they've made a statement back-to-back Stanley Cup appearances. They won last year. Um, are they going to win again? Yeah, it's going to be a really, yeah, it's going to be a really fun series to watch again. Um, whether you're biggest hockey fan in the world or you're just watching it because it's like this, like Super Bowl, people watch the Super Bowl, even though they haven't watched football a year, the NBA finals, even though they don't watch basketball a year. Um, NASCAR, you don't watch NASCAR, watch the Daytona 500. It's, it's just one of those things you got to watch no matter what. Yeah, and then I just want to give one quick shout out. Nelly Corda, who won the LPGA Tour, set a course record. I think she finished with like 24, 25 under. Don't remember the exact score, but yeah, I just remembered seeing something about that. So that's pretty cool. I had to bring that up. But yeah, sure. thanks everyone for stopping by today. Don't forget to like, subscribe the channel here. Um, YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, TikTok, anywhere and everywhere. Go to Google, type in In a League of Their Own Podcasts. You can also find us on Google, Apple Podcasts, Spotify as well. Anywhere that's associated with Anchor, one of our sponsors. Also, don't forget to click the five stars uh, for whatever reason. That helps move us up the charts. 
for the algorithm. We'd really appreciate that. Also, don't forget to stop by the merch store, rep some of our In a League of Their Own podcast gear, help share the name, spread the love. And yeah, thank you everybody for stopping by today. We will be back on Wednesday. Sounds good. We'll see you all on Wednesday.